This is BJJ Hood, tapping into Jiu-Jitsu lives on and off the mats. Hello, hello. We are back with the BJJ Hood podcast. This is Babby. I'm your host. And I'm Shay, the co-host. We're here to share inspirational stories about women in Jiu-Jitsu and how Jiu-Jitsu changes their lives. So if you are new here, make sure you check out our last episodes. We have some cool stories. We have our first episode. Me and Shay were talking about our story in jiu-jitsu. So make sure you check that out later. Um, if you are Brazilian, if you don't speak English that well, but you want to hear the stories, go to our YouTube. We're having subtitles in Portuguese for all the English interviews and subtitles in English for all no, the other way. Subtitles in Portuguese for all the English interviews and in English for the Portuguese interviews. So make sure you check that out and you follow us on YouTube. We're there with BJJ Hood Podcast. We're also on Instagram at BJJ Hood Podcast. So make sure you follow us there too. That's where we're going to share all the information, all the new interviews when the episodes are coming out. So don't forget to follow us there. Oh, and of course, on all your favorite podcast platforms, Follow us there too, so you're gonna get notifications when the new episodes are out. Um, today here we have a super special guest, Britt Hernandez. She's a purple belt in jiu-jitsu, has competed a lot, has visited a lot of schools in the United States. Her and her husband started a nonprofit in 2019 that is super cool, and we're gonna talk about this today too. But to start, I'll let her introduce herself. Britt, welcome to the BJJ Hood Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Hi, everyone. I'm Britt. Um, I'm currently out of Council Bluffs, Iowa. Um, my husband, Byron, and I, we started the nonprofit Fostering Jiu-Jitsu. We opened up a jiu-jitsu school called Council Bluffs Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Academy. And we are also just your typical family, just living on the Midwest, just trying to make a difference through jiu-jitsu. Britt, tell us a little bit, like, why you started jiu-jitsu, what brought you to jiu-jitsu, did you knew somebody that did that? You did um, wrestling before, right? Yes. So I wrestled for about five years, all four years of high school and then a year in college. And so um, when, my came, when I came back from college, my family moved to Montclair. And so I tried out for a jiu-jitsu school there. My brother introduced me to. Um, I was only there for a month. Unfortunately, the owners had a falling out, so they closed their school down. And then I had a buddy from that school invited me to an open mat at the next town over. And I just happened to meet Byron, who's now my husband, at the open mat. <laughs> and so um, at the first school, they were really cool. Um, you know, jujitsu isn't exactly um, cheap. You know, you, you get what, the, what you pay for, and it's really high-quality stuff, what you pay for. And so um, I was telling Byron at the time, you know, I'm in between jujitsu schools right now. I don't know if I can afford um, this school at the moment, but um, I got invited to come here. And he told me, if you really want to do it, you'll find a way to make it happen. I was like, okay. And that stuck with me. got stuck in here when he said that. And so um, I did a free week trial at that school. And then, you know, I didn't really feel the vibe there. And so I saw my community college actually offer jujitsu. And so a black belt at Gracie Baja Upland was teaching jujitsu at that community college and was also a teacher at that college. And Byron would also help be the assistant coach there. So um, when I met Byron at the open mat, I had crazy blue hair, like never again. <laughs> and then afterwards, um, when the class started the following season, I had dyed my hair back to brown. 
And so I was too shy to tell him, hey, I'm that girl you met at the open mat with the crazy blue hair. Do you remember me? So I was really shy. And so towards the um, end of the class um, semester, um, it was him and another student talking after class about goals. And they, you know, caught my attention. They're like, hey, Britt, what are your goals? And I'm like, well, I want to um, start a nonprofit. And I want to have foster kids. And he's like, I started a nonprofit called Fostering Jiu-Jitsu. And I help foster kids in jujitsu. And I was like, huh. I'm like, with wrestling, this is how we fundraise. And this is, you know, our school didn't give us much money. So our coach did all of our fundraisers. And that's how we paid for all of our tournaments and wrestling camps. And so I was throwing ideas how we can um, start fundraising for his program for the nonprofit. And so um, through that, we hit it off right away. And then um, I started training jujitsu at Gracie Ba Upland with him. And then that's basically how I got started. <laughs> that's crazy cool. Um, I have a question. When you had said that the gym wasn't necessarily like your vibes um, and you went to uh, one of your college gyms, like what was it about the gym that wasn't your vibe and why you felt like you needed to move to a different one? Um, just for that particular, it was more me. Um, you know, like I said, I was really shy. So it was one of those things where like, um, I couldn't break out of my shell at that school and, you know, um, so it's just more of me where it's like, you know, I'm not really feeling it where I feel like, um, I can really break out of that nervousness. And so, yeah. um, I tried it out and I'm like, you know, they're a good school. It's just, there's schools for certain people. And I think it was just more of a me than them. So I was like, okay, I wasn't feeling the vibe where. I can see myself signing up here. And I mean, we're still good friends with the people at that school. We know them. My friends still train them. Yeah. Like, they get along. We've gone to their open mats um, several times too since then. And I think, I think God has a plan for everybody. And I think that wasn't my plan to sign up there. Because if I would have signed up there, I would have never gone to the community college. I would have never met Byron like through that way about the nonprofit. So I think yeah. it was all planned out that way. That's what I was going to say. I was like, it was the plan for you to meet him and you guys start the nonprofit and have everything that you have today. Like it wouldn't work out. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to ask you when you started, um, I don't remember if you said the year, but was there like a lot of girls already in class? Like, do you remember having women training partners or no? Was more men like in both schools and the one that you did the first week and the other ones? Um, when I first started, um, this was back in... 2018 when I was there for like a month and then it closed down um there was already females there so that was really nice they were higher belts too um the highest belt that was there at the time I believe was a blue belt so um I was a white belt I think there was like two blue belts at the time and then um while I was there a third girl got her blue belt so she got promoted so it's really cool to see you know they really stuck with the program they really um you know continued their journey with jujitsu and I still keep in contact with those women too from the very first school. So I see them at other schools and I've trained with them too. And, you know, it's really cool to see how jujitsu has still kept us connected through all these years, through all these different. So that was really nice. And then um, same with the community college. There's a few handful of women that did jujitsu there too. And then that school that I mentioned, they actually had a women's only class. So they had a big women's program with the women's only class. So, Seeing the females in jujitsu from when I started was awesome. So it, there's been continuous women on the map throughout my jujitsu journey. 
That's what I was going to ask. Like, do you think it helps for somebody that it's really shy, that is starting out, that don't know anybody on that group of people, um, finding another females in class and seeing people that are stuck into it? Um, does it help for you to feel a little more comfortable in that space um, to maybe even like start a friendship that, like you said, you start talking to the girls, you, you're still friends with them. Um, so you have contact with them. Do you think that helps somebody that it's starting like you were at that time? Yes, I, I do believe that, um, you know, as women, we're naturally nurturing. So when I was new, everyone kept, t took me under their wing and like helped me out. And, you know, they're teaching me very helpful, very patient with me. You know, when you don't know jujitsu, it's really confusing to explain jujitsu to someone that's never trained. So they were really patient with me. So I really appreciated that. And then, um, we started hanging out outside of the mats because, you know, when you talk to people in training, you find things in common outside of jujitsu and then just intertwine everything together. So that really has helped a lot. And they've supported our nonprofit, too. So I think it's really cool how we just keep this synergy going of, you know, kind of like the womanhood of jujitsu. So. That's what I, it's all about, right? It's like the womanhood, the sisterhood, like the brotherhood everything it's kind of connected and i think that's what keeps most of us into it right yeah and it's cool because even seeing like the men like um at our jujitsu school for example like we have moms that are training and then we have daughters that are training and you know other females training and it's really nice to see and then how the men gravitate with each other and create their own brotherhood and you know they gravitate to professor byron and you know look up to him as a mentor on and off the mats and you know being connected with the community that way too. Um, with our nonprofit and our school, we've actually been doing jujitsu in the park. So there's a farmer's market every Thursday. And so what we do is um, we bring our mats to the park and do jujitsu outside. And so that's been awesome. So the community gets to understand what jujitsu is. They get to see it firsthand for those who have never would have come across it if they didn't know what it was. And so our tagline is jujitsu for the community. And we really try to focus on getting families to train too. Because in jujitsu, at the end of the day, you're one big family. So. And we sell our jams too. So that's, that's pretty nice. I was going to ask how jujitsu changed your life just because I know your story. Um, you lost a lot of weight in the beginning. You started like competing. I know you competed and wrestling before, like, tell me a little more. I know you also met your husband, like now you have two kids, it's like your whole life changed. Um, because, <laughs> yeah, you, you met them and because you started jujitsu, but like what jujitsu did for you, just like personally, maybe like changed you inside, not just your life outside. Um, so I feel like jujitsu personally, um, I feel like it's helped me be more helpful to people. I feel like um, since it, it, it's helped me and I know what it's done for me, like like you mentioned the weight loss when I started training jujitsu, I was about 180 pounds. And then um, in six and a half months, I lost 55 pounds and started competing at 125. So that was, um, yeah, so it's helped me like in so many ways. And so, you know, it helped me break out of that shyness. You know, you have to talk to people. When it comes to explaining technique, they have questions, you have to answer questions, you have to be loud and have good communication skills. So there's a lot of things that it's helped me with. And even like, um, you know, I've worked at jobs, like my first job was McDonald's and that taught me customer service skills. So I try to take that with me into applying it to where it can help me in jujitsu too. And then the vice versa of being helpful with our program where we help kids. Like I know how to work with kids now and, you know, 
trying to play all that in together. So it's helped me a lot on and off the mats, like break me out, um, help me not be shy anymore. It helped me be more vocal and opportunities like this, like doing this podcast with you guys. So it's pretty cool. What was like, um, the one thing that made you want to do it since you are so shy, you would think that you would kind of shy away from it. Was it because you had the wrestling background and if that is the case, what got you into wrestling in the first place? Because if somebody is sh- so shy, um, it's hard to get people to like want to touch each other and be that close. You know what I mean? And not only you know are you communicating and having to be open like that, but also physically open. Yeah, there's um, several um, answers to that question, actually. So um, for jiu-jitsu, uh, wrestling did help in that sense for the physicality part. Um, but wrestling wasn't easy for me. So when I first started wrestling, um, I was about 14 in high school and, um, I did it because I was going into high school and I wanted to do a sport. Um, and I have three older brothers, so two of them wrestled too. And I was going to do something different, like swim or something. And my brother's like, no, do wrestling. I was like, really? He's like, yeah. He's like, give it a year. If you like it, stick with it. If you don't like it after trying it for one year quit, do something else. And I'm like, okay. So I did it for a year. I lost all of my wrestling matches except for one. <laughs> and so, um, and that helped a lot because um, at the end of every season, we had a banquet, like a team banquet. So we all get together for one big team dinner. Um, our teach, our, or, sorry, our coach gave us awards like wrestler of the year and um, most wins of the season or most takedowns, stuff like that. And he gave everybody a stat sheet. So a piece of paper that had your name, your wins and losses, how many takedowns, reversals, all that stuff you did throughout the whole season. And I saw 20 plus losses and one win. And I was like, oh, wow, that's that's a good reality check to see it on paper. Because I would have never said on paper, I would have never known how terribly I did. (laughs) And so that made me hungry to be like, wow, like, I want to see the numbers flipped. I want to turn that around. So that gave me the motivation to, all right, let me go back next season and try harder because I don't like how that made me feel seeing um, that I could have done better. And so sure enough, so starting my freshman year and not winning anything except for one match against a new teammate (laughs) um, in wrestling to my senior year where I took first at CIF, third in the state of California, and I got offered scholarships to compete in college. Wow. So it's, it's, that's amazing. Thank you. And it takes time. Yeah. Um, I think people need to, need to realize that, you know, coming from a shy person, um, things don't happen overnight. So things do take time. Um, and like my brother said, give it a year. And so me and my husband, Byron, always talk about, measuring things from one calendar year to really put an assessment on something. So I think that's been really key. Um, Even though you're shy, if you do something out of your comfort zone for one whole year, that's going to add, build up more character for you. And that's going to help you overcome a lot of things you didn't think you were going to overcome, but you just have to put in the time. Like as in anything in jujitsu, you put in the, get your black belt, put in the time to even get a stripe. So it's all, all about that. Even now that you were talking about like, um, for jiu-jitsu, I think when we put a goal that is so far away too, of I'm starting today and I really want to become a black belt, it seems so far to reach that it's like, ah, oh, I'm going to give up because I can't really get there. It's too far away. But if you think about one year calendar and you're like, I hope maybe in a year I'm a blue belt, 
that's like easier to achieve and things that you can do are like smaller steps that you can take towards that right and then after you get your blue belt maybe like okay now i'm gonna work towards my purple belt or i'm gonna work towards like being better at takedowns because i'm really bad at it you know like Try trying to work small goals, giving it time, because like you said, it takes time. Jiu-jitsu, I think everything in life, not just jiu-jitsu, but it's like, give it the time that it's necessary. And I think for us that we have been on the mats for a longer time, especially for people that are starting right now, and, and that would be my next question for you too. It's like, we have to pep, help these people to understand that it takes time. Like, give it three months, give it six months. You're not, you might not like it, on your first class, it might take you like a month or two to really understand what's going on and understand that might be good for you. So it's like, what do you do being a school owner now to help people understand that and make people feel comfortable? Because we know it's not everybody that it's going to feel comfortable having somebody on top of you choking you like so close, so tight. Um, how how do you work that at your school? You guys work with a lot of kids too. Um, but again, with women too, like how, what do you do? Do you try to work with them? Like, do you try to pick their partners? What what are the things that you guys do there? Yeah. Um, so with us, um, we do pick partners. So that's helped too, because that helps the partner too, to teach them how to slow down. You know, hey, you need to slow down. We're going to partner up with this person. They'll teach you to slow down and be patient. And I'll teach them to work on their technique they're skilled enough that they can step in and get, um, help them say, hey, you know, put your arm here or you can put more pressure here. And then also um, encouragement. Um, that's been a really big one, too. You know, when kids get the technique right, you know, you want to give them the validation and the encouragement. Like, hey, that was really good. Let's make every move like every technique like that. Just like that. Let's keep it up just like that. And if they make a mistake, you know, just correct them and be like, hey, you know, and explain why. I think that helps too, the why. Explaining the why of why we need to do it this way. Like, you know, for the technique, you don't want to put your leg here because if you put it here, then they can do a takedown on you and then they get points. So how I work with the kids a lot, um, that's been very helpful. And the kids seem to retain it that way. And then also, um, ex- sorry, what was your, oh, keep them coming back on the mats, right? That was your yes. question. Yeah, yes. so that and then, also with um, just reminding them that, you know, there's, there are going to be hard days. You know, sometimes you're the hammer, sometimes you're the nail, but this is where we make our breakthroughs, that we acknowledge our weaknesses so we can make our breakthroughs and strengthen them. And so we, the more you show up to class, the more you can improve your skills for those areas. And, that, and we just keep just encouraging students, hey, you know, you're, when you show up to class, you don't realize it, but you're showing up for your teammates too, not just for yourself. So people are re- relying on you to show up so they can have someone to partner with. And just reminding them, hey, you know, we're all teammates. Yeah, we're all teammates too. So it's like we never want to be in a position where we're trying to hurt each other either because we want to make sure we can come back healthy enough to go to work the next day and come and train that evening. You know, and like I mentioned, we have parents too. So um, it helps partnering up. Like I partner up with the moms a lot. So it's, I'm trying to create a jujitsu mom club too. So <laughs> that's what I was going to say. You can, they kind of relate to you. You're like, I'm a mom too. Like I know what you're going through. I can help you. Like we can do this together. Right. And that's helpful too. Cause um, what's been really nice is that, you know, having kids of my own, 
um, some of the um, our students, um, we have a father and daughter that train, and I go on play dates with their mom or with the wife with their boys. And so um, those play dates actually have been helping because last week mom got on the mats for the first time. Oh, ooh, mom, that was good <laughs> <in me. laughs> and so um, that's been helpful. That's another thing for you. That's something for you too. We talked about being patient on learning jujitsu, but us as the people that want to bring people on the mats and show them how good it is, sometimes we have to be patient too. For some people, it could take a week. For some people, it could take a whole year of you talking them through and like giving them advices of like, this is going to be really good for you. You should try. Like we can't give up on the first month because some people might take longer. Right. Yes. And it's um, adding on to what you said. um, You know, we've had a family come in um, and it started off with the daughter training. And so she trained and then it came to their son. The son came the next day. And then from there, um, the dad, he's been, he did karate for probably over 10 years or so. And so that was like back when he was younger. And so watching them, he's like itching on the side, like, oh, I can do that, I can do that. So the dad jumped in and then, um, they also have another daughter and mom. And those are last two we kept every day we see them, you know, one day you're going to start training. You don't know it yet, but, you know, it's going to happen. And I think them watching how everybody bonded together to the camaraderie that you build at your school makes it impact because the mom and daughter um, both started at the same time. And now the whole family trains. And just last week, mom and the daughter just got their first strike in jujitsu. That's, um, I was talking to one of my coworkers and his son does um, Brazilian jiu-jitsu out in uh, Chula Vista. And he had said that he sits on the sidelines, like, you know, thinking that it's cool and he may want to try it, but he's too shy. But really what he was hugging on to is he was like, I see the, the, the parents that aren't on the mats and the parents that are on the mats and the difference between they're like two different clubs. And he was like, I want to be part of the club of the parents that are on the mat, you know? And so it's just that somebody that he's very, very shy. So I'm like trying to, you know, every once in a while, so, hey, did you start? Did you do a trial class? And he's not even at my, you know, studio, but it is just so good for, I think, families in general to do any type of martial arts together. It does really bring the family together. It makes them all kind of do the same thing. They're through the same goals. Um, and it just brings a, a sense of peace, I think, to a household when you have that um, in your family. Yeah, I totally you know, just hearing the testimonies too from the families, because I think it's good that as parents, they put themselves in their kids' situation in their kids' key to try it out for themselves and really see what it is, you know, to face adversity. Because, you know, when you're a kid, um, you're like a sponge and you're so resilient. And then when we're adults, um, you know, sometimes adults get a little complacent. So I think just to kind of remind yourself, hey, you know, there's adversity out there. I got to face it, whether it's through physicality or, ment- or mentally, um, you'll get that all in a package here on the mats. And so hearing the testimonies from different um, families, like with the son training, he used to come in with his head down, um, really like negative like attitude and it'd be like hey see like i won't say the kid's name be like hey do you want to spar and you know they'd be like no and i'd be like well let's just do one round let's do two minutes okay let's just do two minutes and then we'll push it the next time hey let's do three minutes you know you did really good last time let's push it to three 
So now mom says that like um, before he's have long hair cover his face and now he allows himself to get a haircut. He stands. Aww. He's offering to be a kids coach now and just hearing the parents say, you know, he sleeps better at home. He doesn't play video games as often. Um, his attitude at school is a lot better. Um, he used to get in fights at school. And now um, mom told me like, yeah, at school, this kid, you know, was kind of pushing his buttons, but he walked away. And I'm like, good. That's a good start. And then we told him too, like, like you know, we see the changes you made in just a little time you've been training. Imagine one year from now. Imagine where you are one year from now. And he's like, yeah, you know, it's true. So it's just about um, encouragement. You know, I think people need to hear more encouragement sometimes. And then I think it's good to have kids see the parents struggle. Be like, Hi. yeah, that's what it feels like. How hard it is to. Bottom. <laughs> when um that leads me to like your nonprofit. So do you find like a lot of foster kids within your studio, or do you just sponsor them outside of your studio? Like how does that that work? So right now, um, our community, like where we are now in Iowa, there's this nonprofit called Smiles of Fun, which works with foster kids. So we actually met the owner, and we're teaming up to see how we can get that incorporated more because she mentioned there's over 500 kids in the area that are part of that system. And so we also um, applied for a local grant to kind of get the gears rolling to implement that again, because we're in new territory now. So we're not traveling the country like we used to. And so we're going to see um, kind of like a pilot, how we can in integrate it with the local non uh, foster care area and then try to go spread it out that way too. So we need to kind of build back from square one in a way since we're out of California and out of that area. And so what we're trying to do is um, our Jams for Jiu-Jitsu program. So where kids don't have to pay for tuition, but they sell 10 jars of fostering Jiu-Jitsu jam and it covers their tuition. And they would be able to train at your school or they would get the money to train at INA school? So for now, it'll be this school because there's worse... Um, in Council Bluffs, there's only us and one other jiu-jitsu school in town. And there's, like, not jiu-jitsu around, oops, excuse me, um, for a while. So I think that helps with just getting it started. And then um, as the counting, how it spreads out, we can get to a local jiu-jitsu school near them. Right now, they're selling jams. Sorry, I was going to ask just for people that, like, don't know your story, so you can talk a little bit how you guys started on the fostering jiu-jitsu because you start selling some goods from your farm and then start making the gems too and how you would like send the money how you would find people to like send the money so they can could cover the tuition and the other thing is also like you, you guys used to collect used uniforms too that would help those kids that didn't have the money to buy a new uniform right yes so so how our nonprofit actually started was um a while back byron I was a licensed contractor, so he would install security cameras um, in different businesses, and one of them just happens to be at a female group home. And so as he was installing cameras there, unfortunately, a fight broke out, and he's like, oh, man, like, this is not good. Like, these kids need something more positive in their life. Um, he likes to call it an inlet and not an outlet. So you bring more good things in, you don't have room for the bad things. So um, he saw, you know, jujitsu as he started training, he put the connection that, you know, jujitsu is going to be the thing that does it for these kids. That's going to change their lives and turn their lives around. And so um, that's around that time is when we met and talked about the nonprofit. 
and around the time we got together and so he had an urban farm so we would sell like a lot of the vegetables and fruits and stuff that we would grow from our farm and eggs from the chickens we had to fundraise and then um, someone donated some plums to us that weren't very sweet and he's like well my grandmother used to make jam why don't we make jam out of them and from there uh, we started making jam got the tagline jams for jujitsu and that's how, um, using the profits of those jams, we used to make donations to help kids train at their local school if they need help with their tuition or kids who are interested in starting that were troubled youth um, to kind of get their tuition going and get them started at a school. And we also had uniforms. So if a kid needed help with the uniform, um, if we got uniforms donated or through fundraising, we were able to help them provide with the uniform. And we never try to put um, those kids out in public because we don't want to share their struggles like that. But um, due to COVID, uh, what we also started doing is helping youth athletes because they became at risk too. So, um, you know, with COVID hitting, people were hit really hard. And, you know, kids who used to compete don't compete anymore or couldn't get back on the mats. So we started putting them under our umbrella of kids that we help. And so um, those are the kids we highlight with their parents' permission. Um, you know, talking about their jujitsu journey because in the future they're going to open up their own school one day and they're going to be like, hey, you know, a nonprofit helped me out. And when I was a kid who was struggling, let me pay it forward. And so while they're young to help them out and see the impact of how a little help can go a long way. And using this space too, um, I see that you guys have um, on Patreon, you guys have like levels that you can donate monthly. So is that still going and how does that work? Yeah, um, so people can donate as low as $5 a month, and that goes to the programs. Again, it goes towards helping with kids' keys. It goes helping with their tuition. So uh, we're able to make donations across the country. Now, what's helped us, too, is traveling across the country, fundraising, and selling jams at different jiu-jitsu schools. We get to make connections with people. We get to meet people. So, like, we see, like, for example, um, People reach out to us, hey, you know, you came by our gym and bought some jam. Um, we bought some jam or, you know, we saw you guys, you know, I want to share, talk to you about a student at our school. And so we're able to build that relationship and the connection. And it's helped when you meet the people in person. It's kind of hard when, you know, um, when they don't know you and you don't know them and like, okay, let's build a relationship and see how we can help. And then, but the fact that, hey, we come to you, um, I think that helped build a lot of relationships to reach more kids. And so we've been able to help kids all across the country and um, even schools we haven't met yet. Um, we see, for example, like we see there's a seminar being hosted at that school and we cover for at least two kids to attend the seminar from the school who wouldn't have been able to afford it. Just to explain their jujitsu journey and, you know, um, just to help them out and, you know, and they get inspired that way, you know, being able to learn from a jujitsu hero, like that's what's nice about the sport is that we're close enough to have that connection to be like, oh, yeah, I look up to this athlete. I can take a seminar and meet them and, you know, be inspired to do this one day myself. So that's what we want to instill in the kids to just keep pursuing their jujitsu journey. Um, it's helped so many lives. And if they continue this journey, they're going to be able to pay it forward one way or another to other kids that look up to them, you know. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, I have one more question. Now you... I don't know before, how was your life? Like you had other jobs, like you said, but now you live off jujitsu. Um, 
how hard it is or like how good it is. You guys have a lot, like you have your own two kids, you're running a school, you're running a nonprofit. You guys moved recently to a whole new state, like restarting like your life. You know, you're having to like figure out how you're going to make it work with your nonprofit there too. Like try to get everything together. Um, how good or how hard it is to live off of jujitsu and, um, how crazy it is that your life changed so much that now jujitsu is your main thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, all good things in life never comes easy. So, you know, it is a lot of hard work. Um, you know, when we would travel for the nonprofit or go to the nonprofit, we, we put a lot of miles in the car. So that was a lot of driving. Um, you know, there's days where like, Oh man, I'm not feeling too good. I have a migraine. I'm like, you know what? I got to suck it up. You know, it's not about me. You know, it's about, our mission and helping more people. So it really taught me to be um, really selfless. So that's a big part of it. And, you know, it sometimes it's hard, you know, you want to be selfish, you want to look out for me and, you know, my journey, my this, my that. And I think it teaches you to look out for other people where it's like, Hey, it's not about me. It's about the people we want to help. So that that's helped a lot. Um, even, you know, the nonprofit and training jujitsu, it's like, we're all here for each other. And, I think, too, it's one of those things where since we did move out of state, um, we don't have any family here. We just um, took a leap of faith and moved out here. And, you know, when you drive into the state of Iowa, it says um, the field of opportunities. And that's what we're that's what we've noticed. A lot of opportunities out here for us. And um, we just got to keep working, keep working, keep working. We want to be able to have jujitsu offered for kids where, you know, to it or money isn't an issue. And that's a lot of work too, <laughs> to make continue to make that possible. And then you know, growing a school, um, you know, we have to represent ourselves, and we're representing our school and our name. So, you know, wherever we go, I'm always wearing my Council Bluff Brazilian Jiu Jitsu shirt. It has our phone number in the back and our website. And I'm always, you know, have my business cards on me. And you know, when I see kids, I'm like, hey, you know, if they're interested in training. You know, we have a school we just opened up in town, and we love to have them come train. And a lot of parents seem to be responding pretty positive. Okay, because, you know, my kids, they're just so crazy here. You know, they're jumping around, they're hyper, and I want to put them in an activity. I'm like, yeah, put them in something where they can build a skill, where they can defend themselves. Um, you can do get a sport out of it. And so it's just, it's, it's hard. I'm not going to sugarcoat it and say, oh, this is such an easy lifestyle, like, you know, when you get on the mats, you have to work, you know, training, it's work. Um, building a school is work. Building a nonprofit is work. But it's so rewarding. So just know that all good things come through hard work. So just like everyone's jiu-jitsu journey, every stripe, every belt, um, everyone put in the work and time to earn it. Where did your, um, like, selfless... Uh kind of like core come from your selfless and like hardworking like where did that stem from in your life um I think a lot of it is like um you know in wrestling it's good um coaches and good mentorship I think that helped a lot um you know our coach would always say you know you got to show up for your training partners and so it's like okay I can't like there's days where I didn't feel like training and I'm like well I gotta show up you know my training partner needs me like, I got to show up. And so the best advice my wrestling coach gave me, too, was show up on the days you don't feel like training. Those are the best days of the class. And sure enough, like, we're learning a technique that 
I needed that I struggled with. And I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I came. Or like, you know, if I was having a bad day, that's why I didn't want to go. It was one of those things where I'm like, oh, man, I'm so glad I came. I feel way better. And so it's just like showing up for other people because, you know, wrestling, it's just like jujitsu. It's an individual sport, but you're representing a team. So it's like I don't it's hard to or, you know, learning to not make it about you and like, you know, doing this as a family. It's like, okay, I got to be there for them. So it's like it takes away the selflessness or, you know, your jujitsu team is your family. So you you can look at it that way, too. I got to show up for my family. You know, I got to be a good partner. I got to show up on time. I can't be late. You know, I think what you said, it's really cool because a lot of people think of jujitsu and they're going to think like that's an individual sport. Like it's it's all on you. It's on your own. Like go there and do whatever. But at the end of the day, it's not like if we don't have our training partner to be there and help us and make us grow, there's no way we're going to learn. There's no way we're going to get better. So even though when you are training, it's it's just you, like nobody can get into your body and do the movements for you, but you need the other person. Like you need more than one person. You, you need like different body types. You need different people's skills so you can work on that and that's going to help you build your game. So at the end of the day, it's a team sport. Exactly. And it also goes into look out for your training partner. Don't hurt your training partners. Yes. Because if you hurt all of them, then you have no one to train with. Or no one wants to train with you. They don't want to get hurt. Okay. Thank you so much, Brie, for taking some time and talking to us today. Um, I just wanted to ask you one last question. Do you have any message for the girls, for the kids that are out there, maybe like not wanting to start because they're shy or they are in jiu-jitsu already, but they're starting to get discouraged to continue the journey, like what would be your message for them? Um, so for those that are too shy to start, if it helps, bring a friend, you know, do something together, start something new where someone can relate to you, like, hey, you know, they're doing it with me and they're just as shy as I am or just as nervous as I am, I'm not going through it alone. And, you know, trust your coaches, trust your training partners, you know, people are here to guide you, to teach you, to help you. Um, so just, you know, go in with an open mind and give it a chance. Every majority of every jujitsu school that I've gone to and that I've come across offers a free trial class. So take advantage of a free class to try and experience it for yourself. And it's a lot less scary than you think. <laughs> and then when it comes to kids that feel discouraged, just just remember it's going to pass. You know, there's times where, you know, you're the hammer or you're the nail. And, you know, the more you keep showing up, you're going to have a breakthrough. But just be mindful that, you know, you want to make sure you come in with a good attitude because, you know, your attitude's contagious. So um, try not to um, take your stresses out from home or things are going on and don't bring those stresses with you. Just know that, okay, I'm going to let it go when I walk into the gym. Yeah, I'm going to focus on getting better, being a good training partner today and learning something new. What can I take away from what I learned today? So just keep your head up. Keep showing up and, you know, it's cliche to say, but keep showing up to the belt turns black. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much. And if you watch this episode, make sure you share with somebody. Um, if you want to help fostering jujitsu, I'm going to leave all the information, their email, their Instagram here. So you guys can start following them. I think it's really cool what they do. And like she said, it's $5. That's a coffee that you're not going to drink, but it could help somebody to get into jujitsu could give somebody a new uniform so make sure change their lives like it's been changing our lives and maybe your life that it's listening to it too um so make sure you donate there um 
And also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and on YouTube to get information when we have new episodes coming out. And don't forget to follow us on your favorite podcast platform so you can hear every time we have a new episode for BJJ Hood Podcast. I'll see you guys next time. Bye. Thanks for listening. Would you like to share your story? Email us at bjjhoodpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at bjjhoodpodcast.